Travellers. Welcome to Podcast 29 in our series, You Should Have Been There, with me, Mick Webb. And me, Simon Calder. And today we are looking at taking a chance on a holiday. And we've come up with five pillars of wisdom to guide you as you try, perhaps, to go abroad this summer. Is it fair to call it a game of chance, Simon? I think it almost certainly is. Unfortunately, a lot of the old certainties uh, that we used to enjoy, or near certainties to be fair, because nothing about travel is ever completely uh, predictable, um, they've just disappeared. And so uh, we are faced with the prospect this summer of all kinds of hurdles that you need to clear, many of which are completely out of your control. And I presume that uh, one of the pillars or maybe all the pillars are going to be um, very much concerned with insurance and mitigating your risks. Uh, Should you suddenly be locked out, locked down, locked in or just unable to travel because you've unfortunately caught COVID-19? But anyway, tell me about your first pillar. Is your passport valid? Now, that is critical because um, there have been, I calculate, somewhere between 1.5 and 2 million British passports have expired under lockdown. Now, that may simply be because, of course, their owners have have had a look and thought, oh, well, that runs out on the uh, 25th of July. I'm certainly not going anywhere this summer, so I'll just leave it and I'll, I'll reapply in the new year and get a nice black or blue, depending how you define it, British passport without any mention of that uh, that that European Union. Um, but I fear that for many people, it's just one of those things where you've been in suspended animation. And well, particularly if you've got pesky kids, their passports tend to expire about every 10 minutes. Well, every five years. And so I'm already hearing from families who are saying, help, help. Our passports are in the passport office. We don't know what to do. And of course, the passport office has been operating a skeleton service and really continues to do so. And the latest news this morning from the UK passport office is if you're not traveling before September 2020, then please don't bother us. Gosh, now that is, uh, you heard it first here. Now, um, I'm going to look out my passport because I had a vague idea that it um, actually expired in uh, 2021 sometime, so I didn't even need to think about it. But I'm I'm actually now going to um, get it out of the safe place where I keep it. And I'll tell you what it says, and then you can um, advise me. Right, okay. Date of expiry. Oh, well, it's actually, it's the 23rd of October, 22. Oh, well, look, I've got, I've got ages to wait, haven't I? Well, you say that. Um, we do need to mention Brexit. Um, so October 2022, but when was it issued? That's the crucial thing. Oh, well, um, quite a long time ago. Uh, oh, well, OK, date of issue, 23rd of Jan... 2012. So, so, so you have a miraculous, marvellous 10-year and 9-month passport, which many, many people do. And that's because, until very recently, 
the UK Passport Office had the very helpful um, policy of basically saying, right, Mick, uh, we know that your passport expires soon. We're going to give you full credit for unexpired time. So therefore, if you renewed it in January 2012, we'll make it valid till October 2022. And you said, thanks very much. Or maybe you didn't even notice. And it's just a nice uh, present for you. However, if you're traveling to the European Union from 2021 onwards, they are not particularly interested in the expiry date. They're more interested in the issue date, because once we leave the EU, any British passport it's it's deemed to have expired within 10 years of um, its issue date. So, Oh, gosh, so that's really... Uh, so, hang on, sorry to interrupt. Hang on, I'm just going to make a note here, because in my... <laughs> little book um which i keep here for edits of our um splendid podcast but i'm actually going to write passport renewal three exclamation marks okay right so basically uh it's not as long as i thought it was no in fact i'm going to give you only until july 2021 before they start saying sorry um you, you're not getting on this plane to go to france or spain or wherever even though you you are standing there saying, well, hang on, no, but it's got fifteen months to run, and that that may not be long enough. So uh, it gets very very messy because of Brexit. But um, we are taking um, taking back control, I think. So look, sorry to interrupt, but um, I uh, something fell out of my passport um, while I was opening it. No, but a good thing I think, which is my. European Health Insurance Card, EHIC. Uh, now, that as well is actually valid until 2809-2021. Um, but I suspect that's going to go badly wrong, isn't it? Uh, yes, from midnight on the 31st of uh, December 2020, it ceases to be valid. We are no longer going to have a reciprocal health care agreement with uh, uh, the rest of Europe. Um, the governments have uh, successively been saying since the referendum, oh, we are, we are, we're doing our absolute best. And now they said we're not actually. Um, and um, you've got to take out insurance um, instead. So... Uh, yeah, but but for the rest of the year, it is valid not just in the European Union, but also in uh, Norway, in Switzerland, in Iceland and indeed in plucky Liechtenstein. So make the most of it. If you're going to get ill anywhere, I recommend Vaduz, the uh, Liechtenstein capital. Uh, very, uh, very good health services there. Ah, well, that's very that's really very interesting. And, and maybe that's the. Uh place to aim for if one's going to take a holiday abroad this year um uh yes except for the continuing slump in sterling um which uh which i read this week is now um developing country status as a currency rather than um uh regarded as uh, one of the, one of the great um, pillars of um of the international financial system and talking of pillars what's what's your next one Is your flight, train or ship still going? Um, and I'm afraid, as many people have found, we've had abrupt cancellations of all sorts of things. Um, even now, the cancellations are continuing. Um, airlines, having been unable to sell anything for the past uh, four months, basically, are now finding that they've got 
one-third full planes, and they will actually cancel those rather than operate them at a huge loss. But, of course, it's not quite as bad as it was. Um, I'd like to look forward a bit because um, I have reluctantly agreed with my partner that uh, it would be a good idea to try and go to France uh, in September on the grounds that it'll be September, so it won't be so crowded. You can go through the Euro Tunnel in your own car without <laughs> breathing anybody else's air or um, speaking to um, pretty well anybody en route. And as long as you don't go more than a day's drive away, you can find some rural piece of France. And France is very well off for nice countryside and lakes and walks and all the rest of it Um, and I thought that might actually be uh, the safest kind of travel one could do abroad and I wondered if I took my car through Eurotunnel um, assuming it wasn't already booked solid by people who'd had this idea a bit before me uh, whether or not I could get a a refundable or an exchangeable ticket just in case of a lockdown, a lock-in or indeed catching the horrible thing myself. Um, And it does seem possible if you pay about 50 quid extra on top of the already outrageous prices but something of a drop in the ocean quite frankly, um, you can actually get a ticket which they claim is exchangeable so you can actually use it within a year of the uh, the date you were going to travel on and it also says refundable that sounds quite a good deal doesn't it well certainly it's a valuable insurance policy if you are um, approaching this with trepidation which is completely understandable almost all the travel industry has had a pretty awful Uh, coronavirus war. One part which is actually thriving now, although it's been pretty desolate for them as well, is Eurotunnel. This is, of course, the vehicle carrying service from Folkestone to Calais. And it's now enormously popular because of the way it operates. Now, as you'll realise from many, many crossings with your car on the ferries, you drive onto the car deck, then you have to go up some stairs and um, mingle with people and even if you get out onto the deck pretty quickly you know there is it is certainly not a a a low contact exercise as opposed to um, Eurotunnel where basically you might open the uh, window to wave your passports at the um, uh, French official at uh, Folkestone but apart from that you are sealed into your your bubble and a lot of people really appreciate that um, uh, that that opportunity however let me just address the refunds issue almost every travel company since coronavirus has said we're going to give you a bit of extra flexibility either uh, for nothing or in return for a little extra spend um, but very often refund doesn't quite mean refund it means you can have a voucher back and um, the idea is that uh, they've got your biscuits and they're staying in their tin and you can certainly reschedule but um, actually getting hard cash back is tricky I'm tending to be a very late booker because uh, there's so much uncertainty involved but um, I'm actually off in the morning to Trieste and I paid what I thought was an outrageous amount of money, £137 for a very basic fare on uh, on Ryanair. Uh, but I see today that the price has gone up to £277. That's for a two-hour flight. So it's um, uh, it's not exactly a buyer's market. Good luck, or buona fortuna, I should say. And I think this probably brings us neatly onto your next pillar. 
Will you be allowed in? Now, uh, many countries you will not. And actually, um, you can just put the name of your country and FCO for Foreign and Commonwealth Office into your favourite search engine. And that will generally give you um, an accurate picture of what the rules are going in. And basically, uh, for Europe, um, it's looking reasonable. But some countries, some really lovely countries that we adore, um, are making it tricky. So Greece is genuinely a lottery at the moment. Can I explain what um, what is required of you? First of all, you need to fill out a passenger locator form and you have to do that before you are allowed on the plane. Some people have actually been turned away from the, the, the planes. You've got to do it at least 24 hours ahead. They promise that at midnight on the day you are leaving, they will email you a QR code, one of these um, elaborate uh, barcodes, and that that will allow you to board your flight. So hopefully you've got that documentation. Hopefully you're allowed on. Um, and then you touch down, at which point they are going to test some people. Now, it might just be a handful on every flight from the UK, which they're particularly worried about. It might be one in five, one in three. It might be pretty much everyone on a particular flight from a location in the UK from which they are especially concerned. And that's that's a, a random um, uh, selection, is it? Well, they call it targeted random tests, which I think it means that they can do it to absolutely anybody for any reason and they don't have to tell you why, which is entirely up to them as long as you know what the what the score is. So you go and go to your accommodation and you have to stay there while you're waiting for the results. When the results comes through, assuming it's negative, that's fine. You have your holiday, except that if I was sitting on the plane in 17D and it turned out that uh, Mr. Webb in 16C has tested positive, it might well be that I get a call saying, right, you've got to stay there or we're going to take you to a government centre and you are going to be in self-isolation for two weeks and I say excuse me I think you'll find that um, I've uh, only booked a week's holiday and I'm due to be back at work or college or whatever and they'll say we don't care um, these are the rules if you don't like them you shouldn't have uh, shouldn't have come um, and so therefore it injects yet more uncertainty it's not just you it's also about people you don't know who are sitting on the same plane as you that adds a free song to the uh, whole tedious business of air travel, doesn't it? And um, and I've also noticed uh, that Spain has just uh, had quite a significant increase in number of COVID cases in Barcelona uh, and is um, reintroducing some reasonably severe limitations on movement and capacity of, of uh, bars and stuff like that. And they are talking about closing the border with France. They're only talking about talking to the French about closing the border. But if that were to be the case, that would be something of a pain wouldn't it if you were doing what we talked about earlier getting in your car and driving um, down uh, through France maybe uh, and into Spain and then you suddenly got to the frontier and uh, they just said um, sorry can't come in we're closed Oh, it's really, really worrying. Uh, this could happen to any part of uh, Spain. We, I mean, we've seen uh, a couple of local lockdowns, um, which came into effect really earlier this month. Um, one to 
uh, Yeida, which we, um, you and I have been to, but a few other people have. Um, this is in the Pyrenean foothills of Catalonia. And also a place called La Marina, which I've not been to in uh, Galicia. And I suspect most uh, British travellers also haven't been there. But now we are looking at a sharp spike in cases in Barcelona, which is going to have a dreadful effect and you could find that the um or not just the uh, the auto route um at either end of the pyrenees but the tunnels through the middle and the high passes are all closed because um france doesn't want anybody coming in from spain and if you do have a car well you've got a choice do you do you park it somewhere and then uh, fly home and then go back and retrieve it um if indeed you're allowed out of spain it is a real real lottery Right, pillar four, I think. Yes. Is your hotel there and open? Given the number of stories which are coming in, particularly from the Spanish costas, about hotels simply being closed. Oh, yeah, I, I saw this, um, what I suppose you could call a horror story, in um, uh, one of the uh, national daily papers this week, which was um, about a family who'd uh, booked an all-inclusive um, holiday at a hotel in Salou, which is quite a pleasant resort. You've been there, haven't you, on the coast near, uh, Spanish coast near Tarragona? Lovely, lovely place. Very close to Port Aventura, which I think is the best of the continental Europe theme parks. Also very near the uh, lovely fishing port of Cambrils. So I'm a very uh, strong fan of Salou. I don't suppose that uh, Paul Davis and Sharon Wells are because they arrived there with their son, a 10-year-old son, um, having booked this um, holiday, to find a sign on the hotel door saying it was still shut because of the pandemic. And uh, I've got the photo of it here. It's, uh, it's a bit hard to read, but it, does, it starts off, Estimados clientes. Uh, dear customers, and then goes on to say um, uh, that um, I'm afraid uh, due to the pandemic, um, uh, we are not reopen yet. Uh, so this was a hotel that must have closed in March or, you know, that kind of time when the original lockdown uh, came. And yet a holiday company was still sending people to it. How can that happen? Well, because this is a holiday company, Love Holidays. It hasn't had a great uh, coronavirus crisis and neither has its... Uh, customers um it's an online travel agent it works by effectively uh saying mick we'll uh, we'll find you some flights uh, you choose choose the flights that you like and we'll also um find you a uh, hotel which it will probably do through various other intermediaries and unlike a proper package holiday which you might book through tui or jet two um, they're basically just uh, at arm's length and they've got no idea whether this hotel is uh, closed or not. And so it's entirely plausible that people will turn up um, and find that their hotels have closed. Now, at that point, you don't necessarily have to do what the uh, mirror says. Brits tourists left sleeping on beaches after paying for hotels that are still closed. Um, there are plenty of hotels open in that part of the world. And um, uh, the, the, the big problem and the reason that this hotel didn't reopen is because bookings were presumably down to single figure percentages. And they thought, well, that's going to be even more expensive than staying closed. Um, but you've got other hotels and they're by no means full. So you just go, you try and call it a travel company. If they can, they will. If you can get through, then they should find you somewhere to stay. If not, you just book whatever you need to book and you send them the bill 
and you will get it back. Uh, well, that is uh, reassuring. Now, I'm not sure if it's quite such a rosy picture if you're trying to book ahead. And um, this is carrying on my story of trying to find a um, a COVID-free rural retreat somewhere in France. Uh, and indeed, I did find a, what I thought looked like a very nice um, uh, Airbnb. Well, what I thought I'd do was actually get in touch with the, um, the host um, and find out uh, what my rights were if uh, there was a spike in coronavirus in London where I live or indeed um, where she lives which would make traveling uh, very unwise or impossible. So I sat down at my keyboard. Bonjour Valérie. the a grave accent gone oh. and why did i decide to send this message in french i'm sure the super host i'm trying to get in touch with actually speaks and reads perfectly good english what i'm trying to find out is whether or not the booking terms or rather the cancellation terms of uh, valerie's rather nice looking little Airbnb rental in France actually take into account possible COVID-related disasters. Uh, although I'm going to put, of course, uh, I hope it won't happen. Well, there you go. I've added that last bit in English. Uh, amicalement. Well, let's see what happens. Well, 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 that didn't take very long. About 20 minutes later, I have uh, received a reply from Valérie, which goes as follows. Bonjour. Nous serions ravis de vous recevoir dans notre location. So, oh, they'll be delighted to um, receive us in their um, holiday home. Uh, now, as far as the cancellation terms go annulation gratuite pendant 48 heures so oh so there's only two days grace during which you can cancel and get all your money back after that you get 50 percent back except the uh, service charge up until seven days before you go, or rather before you take up the booking. And for the last week before, you don't get anything back at all. Ah. Pour l'annulation à cause du virus, c'est en fonction des règles d'Airbnb France. Um, so, any cancellation caused by the virus is according to the uh, it's catered for by the rules of Airbnb France. Hmm, not sure that's fantastically helpful. Uh, I'll, uh, if in doubt, ask Simon. How kind of you to think of me. Let me see what I can do. So, um, Airbnb has been a source of considerable stress for a lot of people at present. Um, let's look at historic bookings. 
people who booked on or before uh, the 14th of March and haven't yet checked in and are planning to do so by the end of August and haven't already cancelled it and haven't already checked in and can't get there for whatever pandemic-related reason can get a refund. But you and almost everybody else who's booked since then doesn't have anything like the same rights. And yes, insurance can help, but you're going to have to buy an expensive policy which includes COVID-related cancellations. These have just come onto the market and they're going to cost you a lot more than the standard kind of £10 for a fortnight in France policy just to cover medical essentials. I'm afraid that that is going to be repeated all the way across and you can you can mitigate the risks yourself a little bit by booking late but of course given that um, lovely well-run properties in remote areas of France with a very low incidence of coronavirus might be in demand um, you could of course uh, uh, find that you've taken a chance and lost out on that. Oh dear time to make a decision. So we've had four pillars. Um, What's your last pillar then Simon? Assuming that pillars one to four align successfully for you, although you might find that an unlikely prospect, then we're really back to pillar five, which has always been there, which is what will you catch? And I don't just mean coughs and sneezes spread diseases, as we know, and uh, one particular one you don't want to catch is um, COVID-19. But will you catch a train? Many of them are being cancelled. Many of them have restricted access. Will you catch a festival? Possibly, although most of those have been uh, cancelled. And will you catch a hurricane? Well, that's entirely plausible because, of course, um, uh, the world continues to spin and stuff continues to happen. But we're now here on the more familiar territory of uh, the many things that can befall your holiday. Can I add to your list of things to catch, stretching the uh, rules of grammar a bit, catching a good time, because you might actually find yourself somewhere where where certain new limits have been put on people's behaviours uh, and some would say freedoms, which actually makes your holiday um, a bit tedious. For example, Barcelona uh, is certainly going to be bringing in more beach restrictions. I think there are already limits on capacity, which might mean you turn up to the beach and can't get on it. And um, uh, I just noticed that... uh, um, from Monday morning, the 20th, the 20th of July, uh, Mallorca is going to make mask wearing compulsory uh, in the streets. So if you're actually caught without a mask or not wearing it correctly, you can be fined either 25, 50 or 100 euros. Now, it seems as though um, the amount that you actually uh, get done for is at the behest of the um, uh, arresting officers. So um, this has led to a number of jokes on Spanish social media, one of which um, I will read out because it made me laugh anyway. Um, In answer to a comment uh, which was along the lines of how on earth are they going to effing well decide on the level of the fine that you get? Somebody else had responded, oh it's quite easy. If you're bored, it's 25 euros. If you're short of stature, it's 50 euros. And if you're bald and short of stature, it's 100 euros. (laughs) 
Uh, none of which, of course, is true. Um, but uh, in podcast number 30, we will be looking at the new normal for travel in Britain. Um, someone actually, while we've been uh, recording this, has just tweeted to me from Hlandidno in uh, North Wales. Um, and they'd gone there because they thought, great, everything's opening up. How marvellous. Um, but instead, he writes, we assumed there would be a tsunami of tourism. But the town which, by the way, Mick, I really like. You should go there if you've not been. But right now, it's like a scene from Zombie Apocalypse. Save your family's money, he says, and go to the Lake District. Everywhere is shut. We'll have some reports from around the country next time. And don't forget, you can leave your own audio postcard on our uh, website at anchor.fm. We look forward to hearing from you. But for now, from me, Simon Calder. And from me, Mick Webb. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.